Many gay and bisexual men, dissatisfied with modern religions that struggle to accept and condone us, are hearing the call of the old gods, those gods and religions of antiquity that embraced us and recognized our inherent spirituality. While modern religions debate our worth as lovers, as priests, as sexual beings, the old gods and the old religions embraced us as sacred. We were their shamans, their priests, the intermediaries between the gods and mankind. Many of the gods themselves were homosexual, bisexual, or transgendered. These gods were untamed, vibrant, and sexual. Accept their call and their healing embrace. These are the Male Mysteries, and I'm your host, Male Mystery. Welcome back to episode 11B of the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. This is part two of a review of the 2014 Kafnia, a spiritual gathering for gay and bisexual men held this past August at Four Quarters Interfaith Sanctuary in Artemis, Pennsylvania, and hosted by Ordo Aeternus Voven, a Thelemic ceremonial magical order for gay and bisexual men. Just one correction from the last episode. I announced the last episode is episode 10 when it was actually episode 11A. In part one of this episode, I gave an overview and review of the event and gave other attendees a chance to provide their own testimonials. In part two, I'm going to focus on my own journey and experiences at the event from the standpoint of a rite of passage or the hero's journey. I've had great difficulty putting my own experiences into words. The event was incredibly profound for me from a number of standpoints. It was my first official speaking engagement. I've spoken and done workshops before, and I've been to men's retreats, but on a much smaller scale. I believe the experience was a rite of passage for both myself and others who were first-time presenters or first-time attendees. I learned things from others, and I connected and resonated with the group in a way I don't normally do with my gay, not-pagan friends or my pagan, not-gay friends. I believe I received messages from spirit and that my own experiences were mystical and magical. I'm not going to explain step by step how my experiences fit into all the phases of rites of passage or the hero's journey, but I will give a brief overview of these processes before I proceed and then highlight some of my experiences in these areas. A rite of passage is a formalized ritual or set of rituals that separate the initiate from the mundane world, place him in a liminal time and place where he can grow and learn new knowledge and skills, and then return him to his community ready for a new stage of life. The opening and closing rituals of the event could be considered the bookends, with the liminal period being the conference itself. The hero's journey is much like that, only self-directed and with additional phases built into the three stages already mentioned. In the separation stage, the hero hears a call to adventure, which he may or may not heed at first. He often refuses at first, but then comes around out of necessity of some kind. He receives supernatural aid or guidance to help him on his journey, and eventually crosses a boundary or threshold of some kind, whether physical or mental, until he reaches liminal space. In the second stage of transition or initiation, he must meet and succeed in a succession of trials and ordeals to help him hone his knowledge and skills. He usually meets a goddess or other feminine figure, whether sexual or motherly. 
He must overcome temptation, reach a greater level of understanding than the common man, and find whatever it was that he was seeking in the first place. In the final stage of his return to his community, he may not wish to return, but he may be forced to by internal or external forces. He eventually crosses the threshold home, has a greater understanding of both his mundane world and the supernatural world, and has a greater freedom to live his life the way he wants. I was first asked to speak at Kafnia in 2013, but I had to refuse at that time because of other obligations I had the week of the conference. I was happy that things worked out this year so that I could attend the 2014 conference. I spent the early part of the summer preparing both my workshops and getting my camping gear together. It turns out I totally overpacked the camping gear, but better overprepared than underprepared, I suppose. I packed up the day before, and I left fairly early the opening day of the event. I expected a five or six hour drive, but it actually took me a bit longer. Traffic was heavy on the way out of town, and about three hours into the trip, my GPS started going wonky. Ever the Virgo, I had a backup printout of directions from Google Maps, though in some places the directions were still a little hard to follow. I especially had problems when I hit Winchester, Virginia. I don't know if I missed a sign or what, but I ended up on a dead-end street in an apartment complex. I eventually found my way to the conference, but I was two or three hours later than I expected. When I first arrived, I arrived in the middle of Steve Kinson's workshop on pagans and role-playing. After that, I registered and settled in. I walked around to get an idea of the layout of the land, and while doing so, I also got a tour of the Radical Ferry Camp from a member whom I know, who was also attending the event. Later on, I reflected on my experience with the GPS. I'm all too aware that weird and mystical things can start to happen when going into a mystical rite or event. I wondered if there was any deeper meaning to the glitch. As I thought about it, I received a message from Spirit that implied... I can make it on my own way without guidance, and I just needed to be reminded of that. Yeah, I thought back, <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to have some road signs so I know I'm going in the right direction. I think sometimes, actually quite often, that the gods leave me alone just to see what I'll do next. I think it amuses them and sometimes surprises them the choices that I make. My path is individual, unique, and frequently untrodden. Perhaps there isn't a reliable map, and I'm making it up as I go along. Still, it would be nice to receive some confirmation along the way. I had an incredible opportunity to be with other like-minded folks, and where I often feel alone in my thinking, I felt a connection with the other attendees at the event, others who think outside the box, who aren't fettered by mainstream attitudes, people who think about pagan, mystical, and spiritual things, people who understand the countercultural significance of the LGBT movement, and those who aren't restricted by puritanical views about sexuality. It was very interesting to hear other people's views on things. I was encouraged when I heard my friend from the Radical Fairies mentioned wanting to reclaim the term troll as a term for gay and bi male elders. I'd suggested something similar in episode 5 of this podcast. Feedback on the term from my straight pagan friends has always been, well, isn't that ageist? So to hear someone else gay and pagan suggest the same thing was very encouraging. I had a particular epiphany when one of the other attendees explained in a workshop that although he is Wiccan, he doesn't particularly associate with any Wiccan gods or goddesses, and that he connects more with spirits through ecstatic practices. It helped me to feel better about my own path and practices. Some years ago I was involved in a Druid group. Druidry resonates with me, but the Celtic gods don't. 
I like the aspects of nature and knowledge inherent in Druidic practice. I have worked with what I like to call the ascended Druid masters, with animal totems and with gods and goddesses and other select pantheons. Hearing someone respected say something similar about their own path helped me to feel better about my own. Throughout the week, I met with many often unfamiliar gods, goddesses, and spirits in the form of ritual, chanting, and the many devotional altars and shrines throughout the Four Quarters grounds. With my druidic background, it was incredible to wander about the real stone circle on the grounds. This was especially powerful under the full moon that fell over the course of the gathering. My other specialized interest is wolves and shape-shifting, so I couldn't resist the urge to howl at the moon from within the stone circle. Yes, for those of you who heard it, that was me. I gained experience presenting workshops, and the attendees were very forgiving of my inexperience presenting before a larger audience. I won a few gifts to take home in the raffles. I even took a dip in the swimming hole. Sadly, the last day of the gathering came, and people started to leave one by one. I stayed for the wrap-up session. I took a bit of time to get other people's testimonials, and then I headed back home. Probably my first indication that I was crossing the threshold into the mundane world was when I stopped at Walmart to get some supplies for my trip home. People were rushing to and fro, and kids were crying and screaming. Oddly, my GPS worked the entire way home, and I haven't had an issue since. As I was driving down the interstate heading home, I saw some graffiti scrawled on the back of a tractor trailer that made my day. The message said, Zeus loves you. I somehow knew that the message was meant specifically for me. It also got me to thinking. I often see signs along the roadside that say Jesus loves you, or no matter what, trust God. Wouldn't it be cool to put up some signs with messages like Zeus loves you, Freya loves you, or no matter what, trust the gods? Perhaps it would help those like myself who are looking for signs on their paths. I even thought it might be fun to take it a step further by making up signs that say something like Aphrodite loves you more to place beside the Jesus loves you signs. Now I'm sure my straight pagan friends will have something to say about pagans not evangelizing and how close that is to to doing so, but I'm betting that at least some of my countercultural queer pagan brothers will pick up on this and make it a thing. All talk of evangelizing aside, when I saw the message on the truck, it really made my day. Why can't we make the days of other pagans and be countercultural as well? Upon returning home and back to work, it didn't take but a couple of hours for the real world to sink in and for me to be all stressed out again. I heard similar stories from other Kafnia attendees about how the first few days back to the mundane world were difficult. My breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood, air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood, air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood, air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood, air my breath and Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire
about it for this show, but I do want to mention that several men at the event post for a Kafnia calendar, which is on sale for $12 each, plus $5 shipping on Square. I got tongue-twisted every time I tried to spell out the link, so just check out the show notes on my webpage or go to the Kafnia webpage for more information. Yes, it's one of those kinds of calendars. The photos are almost all sky-clad, though private parts are tastefully covered. I also want to mention to my listeners that they may just catch a glimpse of me somewhere in the calendar. I'm not going to tell you where. You'll just have to buy the calendar and see. As I mentioned to a few people at the event, now I can mark being in one of those types of calendars off my bucket list. Check. I want to wrap up this show with a song dedication to my brothers from Kofnia 2014. I found this song years ago on GarageBand, or perhaps it was on eMusic. I always thought this song was about soulmates, but I can see it as applying to soul groups as well. Since we danced, drummed, chanted, and made merry in and around a stone circle under a full pagan moon, I think this song is a perfect dedication. Is it a stretch of the imagination, suspension of disbelief, persistence of memory, or just the need for some release? Did I see wonder foreign stars like I do in all my dreams? Did I know you in some time before? Is it just a fantasy? Did we dance among the ringstones beneath the pagan moon? Are the promises of past lives coming true? Is it random chance or destiny? This curious connection. What drives these dreams of mine in this strange and new direction? Did we make some sacred vow? Did we speak the ancient words? Did the gods burn fire across the sky to signify they had? Did we dance among the ringstones beneath the pagan moon? Are the promises of past lives coming true? Did we stand you and me hand in hand underneath that pagan moon? Are the promises we made there coming true? 
Thanks for listening to the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. You can find out more about the show, including links to my blog and store site at http colon backslash backslash m-e-l-m-y-s-t-e-r-y dot m-a-t-r-i-x w-e-r-x dot com. That's http colon backslash backslash melmystery dot matrixworks dot com. If you would like to submit original poetry or music, suggest a topic, guest host a segment, or share information relevant to listeners, you can find more information on how to do so, including my email address on the Mail Mysteries website. Thanks for listening. Mary Meet, Mary Part, and Mary Tyler Moore!
tried many times. It wasn't working for us. We seem to do really well with good old colleagues.